seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 226 of Color of Magic, a magic gaming podcast where we talk about all types of things that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Daquan Watson, and for 226 episodes, still got my main man, Brian Allen. How is it going, my dude? 226. The streak continues. We're Goldberg. I don't know. <laughs> Man, we're, we're two or three I, times Goldberg at this point. I still remember when Goldberg was coming out and they'd have him wrestle on like Monday or Tuesday, whatever it was, Monday night. And they'd be like, he's 10 and 0. And then you see him on Thunder and they'd be like, he's 26 and 0. And I'm like, when did he wrestle 16 people? I mean, <laughs> like, also, we're assuming he was doing house shows. And yeah, there's no way that was happening. Well, and then they, they did one where they had like basically like 10 scrubs. They threw them all off and beat them all. And it's like that counted as 10 wins or whatever. I'm like, come on, y'all. What are we doing? Plus, they used him as enhancement talent before uh, before he became yeah. Goldberg. And I think he, like, he's a jobber. He lost all those matches, which <laughs> they don't count. He wasn't Goldberg yet. Yep. Such a crazy time, man. All right, before we get into things, we have a lot of stuff to cover this week. There's some crazy sellouts. There's some sexual assault situations. We got, man, just all kinds of stuff. This has been a weird week, man. There's all kinds of stuff to cover. But before we get into it, be sure to check out our sponsor over at CoolStuffInc.com. Remember to use code DRAGON to save yourself 5% on all your nerd goodies. And if you want to support the show directly, you can go to Patreon.com slash Color of Magic and get a shout out just like Rebecca Klusman. Thank you for being a patron. And as always, you can go to colorofmtg.com slash shop and pick up some goodies. All right. So let's get into our lead story here. And this kind of comes all the way back to when we were talking about people being mad with all this secret layer stuff, people being mad with the universes beyond stuff. And yet we saw that they were all successful. They've been making piles of money. Right. We, we even especially recent ones with like the Doctor Who and Lord of the Rings or whatever, like highly sought after. And then you start thinking about because we talked about this like maybe about two months ago. Right. Like stuff like um, the games that are all doing other crossovers. Right. We're talking about like Smash Bros bringing in all their different characters, you know. And we talked about Fortnite bringing in a bunch of different Every characters. character you love either is in Fortnite or will be in there real soon. Yep. Or like you brought up Dead by Daylight, right? right. Like Every that's horror character you love is good, either in there or they're going to be in there real soon. Yep. So just like the way of the world for gaming, not gaming for a lot of things really, but for gaming in particular, is cross-branding works. Like we know is there's so many big licenses that keep crossing over with other big licenses because everybody's making money. And now Disney has stepped into the space and with, with a real uh, dude, 1.5 billion with a B as in boy dollars that they bought into Epic games. So that means, and there, and I saw the promo earlier today, they, they specifically had license. They had star Wars, they had Pixar, they had Avatar, like they are bringing all of this to Fortnite. And all it said was soon-ish. So probably, you know, middle to late this year. But crazy. 
that is a big dollar amount to commit to something like that. Hey, when you think about all the characters Disney has, like again, with owning Fox and again, Disney's library of millions and millions of characters. Yeah, that Fortnite was not in danger of running out of characters because again, they get pretty much every license they go for. I mean, if anybody has told for, I think uh, Nintendo is kind of like, man, not necessarily because they really are, I'm sure, are pretty hardcore on Mario and not want to be running around with a machine gun. I, I get that. But it's it's crazy, too, because all these licenses are intertwined. Because I guess it was just last year that we had Wizards doing stuff with League of Legends, Arcane, whatever, right? Like, that was a thing. We had them doing some Fortnite stuff, right? Like, that was a thing. This year, I think it is, we're going to be, or maybe next year, we're going to get the Marvel stuff crossed over with Magic, right? And that's a Disney license. Yeah. So it's just like, these big brands continue to do business with each other. Like, Disney as fans, to be everywhere in, in everything you love, and they have the reach to be able to do it. And as fans, you can be mad. Like, I get it. You may not want that, right? You want your thing to stay as your thing. But the reality is, in this day and age, very few products, unless they're very niche where nothing else really fits or whatever, is just going to stay that way. Like, there's too much money in it, right? And even, like, if you can you even blame the companies, right? Let's say you're Epic and Disney's like, hey, we want to be part of this world, but we don't want to make a whole branch of a company to do stuff. But you give us a percent or two, we'll buy into what y'all got. Well, how much you want to buy? And they're like, well, we got like one and a half bill laying around. Is that good well, enough? Yeah, that's exactly. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what are you, what are you gonna say, right? You're not, you can't expect them to turn that down. That, yeah, that's a Disney dumb. Because Disney has tried game development themselves, and it was really hit or miss. So they just say, hey, let's all let's go ahead and find the people that do this well, and then just buy in right there. Like and the and one- here's the thing to put in perspective, because we looked this up pre-show. Fortnite came out in 2017. I believe at the end of 2022, they had at that time brought in $26 billion, with 2022 being $6 billion of that. I don't know what 2023 was yet. Those numbers may not even be out. But think about that. Up to that point, with the numbers we have, like Disney is coming in and basically saying, like, we want to buy roughly one thirteenth of what you made in that amount of time. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, basically, the equivalent of what probably their first two years made, I would guess. Like, that's a big chunk of money. But it makes <laughs> sense because if you look at everything Fortnite has done, I mean, they've had they have the live, you know, concerts in Fortnite. Those have mm-hmm. been awesome. They just put a get like a Lego thing in Fortnite, and it basically is the best, the, the best Minecraft style game that's been put out in the past year. They put a racing game. Fortnite is just expanding <laughs> at an insane rate, and pretty much everything they do is crushing it. So yeah, if you're gonna dude, they had the WB superstars were in their middle of last year because they did the Bianca and, yeah. and I think it was Becky Lynch. I think got yep. avatars in the game, so it's like everybody's hell i wouldn't be surprised if they're just like hey we're gonna have a set of the five magic planeswalkers you can play or whatever so you can get chandra uh nissa you know whatever right like that's probably going to happen and people will try to feign anger or whatever probably gonna be people that weren't even gonna play Fortnite anyway 
because the truth is people that play Fortnite are already used to it. You run around, Batman yeah. flashes past you. Goku comes jumping off a thing, shooting or whatever. You yep. look up and there's like Superman building a building or whatever, right? right? And then like, a giant banana. You know, it's just it's, it's well, whatever. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you never know who is going to be building a tower on you or shooting at you in Fortnite. And that is part of the fun of it, really. Yeah, so... I I don't have a problem. People are like, what do you think about this? Whatever. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just business. I mean, we're in that world. And for anybody who doesn't think so, when we get these Marvel products or whatever coming out, help. Well, not just that, we've got uh what you call the dystopian whatever. That one's Fallout. coming out next month. Yep. Fallout. Right? That that's next, not even next, that's at the end of February, I think. So that, that's not far away. So it's just like that's going to people are already talking about that. That's gonna sell. So it's just like there's money all around for these companies. And there and the fact that it doesn't fit the theme is not gonna be enough for them to leave the money on the table. No, and honestly, at least I give magic credit for trying to find spots where stuff fits. Yeah, Lord of the Rings mm -hmm. is the perfect thematic fit. Wizards, yeah, even, elves, even Fallout. They have like the energy mechanic that they're trying to work in back to fall out and use the energy for certain things. And I'm like, okay, I see you're at least trying. <laughs> like it's close enough. I'll give you that. But yeah, it's it's not gonna work for some people. And I said before, I'm not the hugest Fallout fan, but I'll still play with some of the cards if the cards are cool. And like any other set or product, if you don't like it, you ain't gotta buy it. You ain't ever gonna interact with it, but please don't be a jerk to anybody else that comes in and their fallout set is what got them into the game. Because that, if their first experience is a bad one, it's probably going to be their last experience. So don't be that person. Yeah, that that's a good point. I mean, the goal, I mean, okay, goal number one, obviously, for each of the companies to make money. But part of the reason they're each going to make money is because people are coming into the sphere that weren't necessarily there before. They're coming in because they're fans of one of the crossover products and hopping in. And we as gamers should want more people in our sphere, right? That's more people we can game with. That's bigger prizes when we go to tournaments. Your local stores make more money. Like it's better all around for us. So don't make it hard on people coming in for the first time. Like, because they might come in, like I'm saying, because of Fallout or Lord of the Rings or in the future, maybe because of Marvel or whatever. But they will eventually pick up other stuff. Those eventually become regulars at your commander night those eventually become competitive players at your RCQs, right? Right, as you're not jerks to them. That absolutely will happen. Yeah, these are their stepping stones, right? The same way that, again, I don't play Fortnite, but if I were to pick it up and I could, I don't know, play as Garrick or something, that's kind of cool. I might try it, you know, maybe. It's just one of those things, right? You don't know what's going to draw you into it. And if crossing over a license of a thing you're a fan of get you to pay attention to it. Cool. I mean, a lot of us have stories where, you know, somebody I know was collecting all the Godzilla cards from all the way back in Ikoria. You know, we know people who picked up magic because of uh, Doctor Who, yeah. right? We saw how ridiculous Lord of the Rings sold. Uh, those weren't all current magic players. Ikoria is another example of, hey, we're going to a plane full of giant monsters. Throw Godzilla in that bad boy. It's a perfect fit. Yeah. So, yeah, it's cool, man. I... Obviously, I'm sure there's the concern if you are a full-time Fortnite fan of just like, okay, if it is good, does Disney want to buy too much or buy out the company or whatever? Like, that could have happened anyway. 
You know what I mean? Like well, Disney yeah. has that kind of money. Like understand that they have made 26 billion in the life of their game in, in six plus years, right? Like Disney's rolling in and just giving you one and a half billion. And again, right? Disney Disney tried opening their own game development studio. It's one of the few things Disney failed at. They're gonna let Epic work. So that's yeah, the, of course. That's their new business model is hey, we don't have to make everything by the company or develop a partnership with the company that's already good at the thing and then largely leave them alone. Just well, like, what do you need from thing, us? And then it's the same thing we've seen with Lorcana, right? Like they didn't make the cards themselves. It's like, hey, we have this other company that's made some board games and stuff for us. Exactly. Let's work with them and let them do all the gaming stuff. Right? We'll we'll give them the art, we'll give them some direction, we'll help them fund some things, but let's let them do what they do well. Right. Pirates of the well, Caribbean. They could have made their own Pirates of the Caribbean game. Might have sold. But they saw that Rare already had a pirate game called Sea of Thieves that was mm-hmm. doing big business. They just, hey, would y'all like Captain Jack Sparrow? And Rare's like, hell yeah, we want Captain Jack Sparrow in our game. Where do we sign? Dude, tell me that wasn't the most fitting crossover ever. Exactly. Because <laughs> <Like>, <laughs> as soon as I heard that, I went, yeah, people are going to dig that. Right. <laughs> I don't even play the game. And I went, yeah, that's smart. (laughs) You can put Captain Jack Sparrow in your pirate game. You do that. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Yeah, I'm I'm digging it, man. I I think it's just a cool move. I really don't see at this point any downside to it. I guess, well, obviously, you know, you can worry about, you know, antitrust things and corporations just getting bigger and bigger. But as I understand, I I think 1.5 billion, that's probably not even controlling interest. They have a lot, obviously they'll get to, they get to sit at the table with decisions being made, but for everything we've seen so far, they really are letting companies do the thing they do. Well, they get it. Dude, think about how crazy it is though. You could actually be a stormtrooper out shooting people now. (laughs) Right. That's wild. Like, you know what I mean? Like the stuff you might be able to do is kind of like maybe you get to be Mr. Fantastic or not Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Incredible, right? Maybe that's a thing. Like, yeah. I don't know. You get to be Jack Jack, shoot some people with laser eyes or something. I don't know. All <laughs> of these things are it's just a matter of when they want to release them. Yeah. The and the vault is so big with the number of characters, that that's just so much material. So much. It's a a win-win. There's no reason for Epic not to do it, and there's no reason for Disney not to do it. Because again, you want you don't want everybody having fun playing with Batman and Goku, and your characters are sitting on the sidelines, you know, not being relevant. You you want to get them in there, like, hey, yeah, if you if you like if you like uh, cartoon characters, we got a bunch of them. (laughs) Get in there. And if anything, I would also say, as a Magic player, this is probably also something to pay attention to because. Ultimately, this says that Disney's willing to play ball with all their licenses. You know, like they already got Marvel, but it's like, could you get like we're saying Pixar? Could you get Star Wars? Whatever. Like maybe, you know, like now there's some other issues because there is a new Star Wars card game coming out and whatever. So you probably can't get that anytime soon. But it does mean that now it's probably on the table. Yeah, like before, I mean, we're I like, don't, I don't know. But. I mean, I don't know because they, they gave a Marvel license and Versus System is still a thing. That's true. Maybe you could still do it. Still, I, maybe. Their, their, their latest set is, I think, Marvel or their latest tournament structure is you got to be playing Marvel teams. So, yeah, they still are. Yeah, so maybe, maybe you can still get it. Disney will double license stuff. They don't, or double, triple, 
there seems like three or four different Star Wars miniatures games out from different companies. So they're yeah. Disney is hey, if you do a game well, we're gonna give you opportunity to work with our license. I'm just saying, if we see an Avatar secret layer, don't be shocked. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. But those would make for some fun Merfolk cards. Just just saying. But all right, let's hop into the soapbox. All right, man. I didn't mention it last week, but here we are. We're seven days into February. Black History Month. And I think we just got to give the spiel. If you're going to support people, don't get me wrong. Let me, let me say first off, showing support to black creators, black businesses, black artists, whatever, during Black History Month. Great. That is a very good thing. And I mean that genuinely. But don't just do it during the month of February, right? It just feels weird, right? We talked about it before when when the whole George Floyd thing came up and we got a bunch of new listeners, whatever. We said, eh, give it like eight to 10 weeks. We'll be back to our normal numbers, probably up five or 10%. And almost to the day, that's what happened, right? Because once it wasn't top of mind and wasn't the thing everybody was talking about, support goes away. We solved but, racism, apparently. And it just didn't, need, didn't yeah. need to listen anymore. And the same thing. Like, if you're going to... And don't be wrong. I, I appreciate the people are out there. I see it on Twitter. I've seen it on Facebook. Like, hey, here are these creators you can follow. Here's these podcasts you can follow. Like, so always appreciate the reach and the help. It really does matter, truthfully. But why not just do this at other times, too? Right? If you're saying, hey, here's people that you don't know about that don't get exposure or whatever, you should go follow them. Maybe do that again in like July or August, you know, six, seven months down the road in September. Just be like, hey, in case you forgot about these folks, here's Those are other people's month. month. You're going to step on Asian American history month. And you can see you only do one thing. You got to do it one time. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, if you're a fan, be a fan, right? If they got something cool they're promoting or whatever, you want to help them hype it up, help them hype it up. It doesn't have to be just this month. Like, and again, you don't want to sound unappreciative, you know, when somebody's helping you ever, but at the same time, you're kind of like, are all these people going to be around in a month, right? Am I going to spend all this time welcoming all these new people, doing all this stuff to just know that they're only around to, like, for faux support? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's tough, like, because you don't want to be that cynical person, but you've kind of seen the pattern a few times. As you said, we absolutely have seen it. So, and that's the tough part, right? So, this isn't, it's like I said, I don't want it to be a complaint, but it's just like, hey, consider we're appreciative of the things you're doing now, but maybe bring them up again in two, three months and try to help your folks out, right? If you genuinely, and it doesn't even just have to be black people. There's an Asian person, a handicapped person, whatever, that's doing a thing that you know they're underexposed or they're just not getting view time for one reason or another. Promote them, put them out there, share their tweets when they put them up. If they have a cool project, let people know about it. If they got a Kickstarter going, let people know, whatever it is. Because it is a little disappointing sometimes when you see people, and I ain't going to point fingers. I'm just saying facts are facts. Like, some people that ain't doing as much or ain't working as hard or whatever, but you see the people still talking about them, sharing stuff, whatever, and you're kind of just like, okay, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, what do, what do you got to do to get on those same levels? But, you know, we're doing all right, but still. It's not even just us. There's a lot of creators out there that are still trying to make it. Hell, I had somebody just 
was it last night or maybe the night before when it left a comment on YouTube, uh, either way, that basically said like, man, it's cool to see a black dude that plays magic, that's into wrestling, whatever. It's like, and they said specifically, it made them feel good about not necessarily fitting into a box that there's somebody else out here that's actually able to do this and be public about it and still get attention. And I was like, cool, man. Most people don't fit into boxes. We just tell ourselves that we need to do these things because society says you need to act a certain way or do a certain thing. But hell, cool that we can be that for people. But, you know, hell, help your folks get exposure so more people like that can find people like us. I used to That's fit into all. a box, but I got to, you know, I've been eating a little too much on my wife's chocolate cake. I got to <laughs> slip down and so get back into that box. Shoot, I was about to say, just being a black dude that listens to country already limits the boxes you fit into. So, you know, like just being real. Hey, I can't say nothing. People don't even know this. Like real talk. Like I, I grew up Southern country. Like I've, I've been to my fair share of rodeos. There you go. I have, I've actually herded cattle before. Oh I wow! Owned, okay. I yeah. owned boots and a cowboy hat once upon a time. <laughs> I've never heard any cattle. I'm a what are they call yep. Coca Cola cowboy. <laughs> no, dude. I've, I've done the legit thing. I've been, a, I've been thrown from a horse. Uh, which every week a, I find it. Tell me what did that's I learn? a whole story. But every we'll week that I learn something time. about the coin that, that I didn't know before. <laughs> like you've been okay, dude. That's I wild. tell people my life is so abnormal that I'm glad I have witnesses to most of the things that have happened. Right. Otherwise, it's not like I'm just making up stuff every day. <laughs> but I can at least point to people and be like, no, no, this person was here. They can verify. <laughs> Hell, you've been around for some things, right? So that's <laughs> like. These are real stories. They legitly have happened. You know, I'm in the country because we went to a trivia night and country came up and I'm just going to town and people are like, what, what is happening right now? <laughs> it's Texas. You can't be that surprised. You ran across a black man that likes country music. That's oh, true. No. That's true. I, I'm not even a super fan, but I know enough that yeah. still surprises people just because, you know, a lot of people around you were listening to it. Right. You, know, you just pick it up. But all right. You got something that's at least more entertaining than what I had. Yep, as, as I told you so much of last year, MLB The Show did a Negro League story mode, and it is incredible. It is one of the best story modes I've seen in any sports game I've ever played. So, of course, they're running it back. And this year, not only are they going to include the stories again, they're going to have a whole special Negro League edition. That it, yeah, it costs more money, but it's going to come in a limited edition steel box. It's designed to basically look like a black newspaper from that era because, again, that's how, you know, obviously, you know, Major League Baseball wasn't going to promote your stuff. It was up to the black press to let you know, hey, Satchel is going to be in town this weekend. You might want to come out and see this. It's going to be incredible. So, yes, design look like a black newspaper. It's going to come with actual merchandise, like a baseball cap commemorating the Negro Leagues. And, of course, you'll get all the cool stuff. you get the game and all the – Diamond Dynasty, Ultimate Team type stuff that comes with all the other editions. Early access looks incredible. As I said, the storylines are incredible. I have no reasons. Sony has d done just a bang-up job with their baseball franchise over the years. I expect it to be that same level this year. Oh, and by the way, it's also on Xbox. So, yeah, you really have, if you like baseball at all, if you like video games at all, if you love black history, you got no excuse not to run out and get if Even if you don't go and buy the, the, the special edition, it's actually free on Xbox Game Pass. It wasn't that free. You pay for Game Pass, but you know what I mean. This is one of the games that you'll get to download as soon as it comes out. And we talk about cross 
crossovers are, are the way of the future. Ten years ago, if you'd have told me that uh, Sony's franchise baseball game would be playable on Xbox day one, I said you're insane. <laughs> You've lost all touch with the reality, but that's where we are now because Major League Baseball stepped in and was like, hey, we, you know, are, we have numbers that show how many people like baseball and play video games. Why don't your numbers match that? Oh, well, because we only sell it on, on uh, PlayStation. And we'll be like, cut that crap out. <laughs> sell it to Xbox. Say, what? <laughs> we said, if you'd like to keep making Major League Baseball games, put it on Xbox. And Tony's like, well, I guess we're going to put it on Xbox then. They still make a pile of money, so it's exactly. not even like it matters. You might as well do it. Because, again, they have the the ultimate team mode. And if you like it and you like going online and playing against people, like, oh, wait, my brother's got a better team than me. I can't have that. Here's $15. Sell me some of them good packs so I can beat my brother. You know? it's just Also, let me use this as a time to remind people, if you have not listened to it, one of the best shows slash podcasts out there, if you want to get some black history, is Black Diamonds. Go look that up. That is so good. Uh, you know, I think it's actually narrated or hosted by, I guess he's the commissioner of the Black Baseball Negro League Museum. Yeah. But and he's actually the narrator for the story. I know he was last year. I'm assuming they're yeah. going to bring him back this year because he did a great job. But man, it's just awesome. Like, And, and it's not just like, I get it if you're not a sports fan, but there's a lot of individual history of just like that time in the country and like, the jobs people had outside of baseball and like stuff they dealt with even practicing or getting to the stadium. And just like, it gives you a cool worldview of things you wouldn't even consider that people who in, in reality should be famous of that period. were still kind of unknown dealing with all this other stuff to get known eventually once they like, you know, opened up regular major league baseball or whatever. But yeah, it's just really cool stuff. So yeah, but it's called Black Diamonds for those of you that haven't. I mean, you can look it up anywhere, podcast or whatever. But yeah, just a really, really cool show if you didn't know about it. Yeah, one of the one of the things that they touch on in the game is you know we we will never know exactly how old Satchel Page was when he played Major League Baseball because you know he I guess his birth certificate was destroyed. And he he took it to his grave. He never told anybody. But when he finally got to Major League Baseball. He did a, a game against, I want to say it was the, the Boston Red Sox. They think Satchel was probably at minimum 55, 56 years old and was still striking people out like he was fresh out of college. It was insane. People were upset that they couldn't hit a senior citizen, but they couldn't. So just imagine what he could have done had he been allowed to play Major League Baseball when he was young. Same applies to so many of those guys. Because you see what, what Jackie Robinson, who got his start in the Negro League, was able to do the second he got into Major League Baseball. So it's really not just sports history. It is it is black history. Yeah. I mean, an important time in the country that I think goes overlooked because that aspect of society isn't really known about, doesn't get talked about much, really. Some of it purposely that didn't get talked about, but didn't get talked about. <laughs> but all right, let's roll us into some things we learned this week, because uh, there's a couple of different things. One kind of grim, another kind of awesome. So what you got, Brian? All right. Uh, I'm sure you probably have heard by now, if you follow wrestling at all, some of the allegations of sexual assault against Vince McMahon. I, 
as somebody Vincent Robert. Kennedy McMahon, right? as he says it. Yeah, although he, he won't be saying it on TV anymore. No, he won't. Because he's, <laughs> he's getting white for resistance. Problem being, well, he's getting white for resistance. It sounds like Brock Lesnar, who apparently was involved in some of the same, well, basically the same scandal, uh, being accused by the same victim. WWE 2K24, as I mentioned last week, drops in, I want to say, March 7th, real soon, basically, to the point where the game is probably finished and ready to ship, but they are currently in the process of deleting McMahon and Lesnar from everything they can delete them from. For example, if you play WWE Supercard, Lesnar's been taken out of that because it's just a really easy click of a button, get him out of there. Now, what they did was, if you already own a Brock Lesnar card, they didn't take it because for all they know, that's your best card. You spent 100 hours earning it. So if you already had Lesnar, you get to keep him, but nobody knew we'll get to unlock him, buy him, own him, any of that stuff. I'm assuming the same will happen to Vince McMahon. So that game, and at, talk about how horrible the timing is. This year is 40 years of WrestleMania. They're doing for their showcase mode some of the biggest matches in WrestleMania history. I think at least 21 matches have been revealed at this point. It, it may not include Vince, but there's no way some of those matches don't include Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, for example, ended The Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania. I'd be amazed if that wasn't one of the matches they chose. Like so. that, if there's any that have to be included, it's absolutely that one. I would that, think that's. So. I think if you ask anybody that's a wrestling fan about WrestleMania moments, that is one of the most, that's got to be everybody's minimum top 10, if not top five, most memorable. Because you never in a million years thought the streak would end. Well, even if you did, you didn't think it would be Lesnar. Not like that. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, this is, it's going to be a huge mess, but it's something that both McMahon and obviously, Court cases have to be, well, at this point, McMahon has NDAs on people. If you're paying for NDAs, you it's almost like it's viewed kind of almost as an admission that if this person talks, you're in a lot of trouble. So nobody you know, that... I, I will say this, though, because we, we talked about this a bit, and I know everybody feels differently about it, but for those of you that don't watch professional wrestling or maybe just are new to it, a wrestler, Chris Benoit, you know, storied history there as a wrestler, but unfortunately they believe he either had some type of CTE trauma or something, whatever it led to him going crazy. And he ultimately took out his family and himself, you know, in a pretty sudden situation, like literally was supposed to appear at a show and then didn't appear. And then, you know, everything kind of went sideways really quickly. And he was pretty much wiped away from WWE content for hell, the better part of 15 years. You know, and slowly on the WWE Network, like where stories have been important and he was involved or like you're trying to tell title history or whatever, they've kind of slowly worked him back into stuff. And it kind of brings up the question of where do you separate the artist from the art? You know, Hogan uh, was Hogan was vanished right after his racist mixtape drop. Yeah, oh, that was. Ooh, I would that was care if my wouldn't care if my daughter dated a N word if it was a million dollar. What? Yeah, that was what? that was a Hulkster? moment. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot of people still ain't good with Hogan because after that, so and and that's tough, right? Because you know the the bigger example we use that general culture will understand is is the whole R Kelly situation. And if you don't know about that, I, we're not going to cover the show because that's a lot to cover. But feel free to go down the Google rabbit hole. It's 
I fair warning, pretty graphic stuff you're going to uncover. Like it's it's not pleasant. But he was such a big musical artist for I don't know, 20 years? Something like that. You know, with five or six big hits even. So it's just like are you supposed to just ignore that the music ever existed? And not just him, but he has a tree of people that he produced and mentored, sure. like Aaliyah. So, you know, much as we would love to delete R. Kelly from the history of R.B., you really cannot. Well, not just because... that, but there's there's music he featured on. There's right. movies he did on soundtracks for, whatever, right? Like, do we just pretend that he didn't exist? Now, don't be saying, still condemn the man, because he's... I, I don't even have words to describe how some yeah. of the effed up stuff was that he's, he did. He's more likely never getting out of jail, nor does he deserve to. Oh, yeah. he's He should be in for life. He should be in for probably four or five life sentences, honestly. like So, like, we still say bad person, whatever. But are we to never listen to it again as a DJ to never play his stuff again? You know, because, like, there's a point where, like, when a DJ plays, there's no royalties to be made. You know, like, he's just playing it at a wedding or whatever, like. It's whatever. I get it if you don't play it on a radio or whatever, because they do pay royalties to all the different studios there. So, like, you probably and don't want to do that there. I want to say they they either have set up or they're in the process of setting up where any royalties he get would go towards a victim's fund. That would I be awesome. We talked about. I don't know if it's officially been done yet. But, but you know, I wonder process. if the same thing is going to happen here with McMahon and Lesnar, because... That's a possibility. Old way used to be you would get paid for your appearances on like DVD sales and stuff. Yeah. Obviously those aren't a thing. Any well, I mean, barely a thing anymore. So that, and this is kind of part of also the case that the, uh, the actors guild and everything else has been dealing with because you weren't getting a percentage of all the streaming stuff, you know? So I don't know how that would work in. And I would, I would like to think that maybe that might also be the case with Benoit. I don't know. Maybe it was, certain monies did or didn't go certain ways, whatever, until you outlive the contract or something. I don't know, you know, I don't know what the deal is, but maybe there's a thing there. So it's video definitely going to be something to keep your eyes on. Video games mm -hmm. are, I think, another thing where you get some kind of payment depending on how much merchandise they've sold. Now, in the case of the T-shirts, they, I think, have pulled Lesnar and Vince's shirts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Their stuff went down instantly. Yeah. Because if nothing else, you have the people that are going to try to wholesale buy it to just have collector's items and stick it on eBay in two years or whatever. So you might as well just take it all down and not have to mess with it. But otherwise, good for them. Company is doing very well. I do feel bad for some of the current talent to have to deal with all this when a bunch of them weren't even there. You know, they're getting asked about it in all these interviews. And so it's like, man, they didn't do it. You know, like... Like, cut them some slack. They're just trying to show up and do their job every week. Like, I will say kudos to Eric Young, who, you know, has said he, well, I guess once he heard what McMahon had done and pretty much believed everything he heard, is the second I heard the allegations, I said, yeah, sounds like stuff Vince would do. He decided he just could not work with this man and went back to Impact Wrestling. Yeah. And I mean, and let's be honest. That. This is, like, Lesnar, a little bit surprised. Vince, everybody just went yeah yeah no. that's probably true you know what i mean like that that's how effed up vince mcmahon is that like not a single one of us went ah but you really think he did it like we we all literally just went yeah he probably did And again it's you know trigger warnings vile oh it's, it's bad stuff. like 
I read through the the tweets that got entered in. There's, I don't even know. Like, I can't even describe anything in them. I'm like literally trying to think of like how yeah. could I politely word some of the things, but I don't no, know if I can. Right. Like, just for real. You know, most wrestling characters, they say, uh, for example, The Rock is Dwayne Johnson's personality, but it's turned up to 11. Vince McMahon is the rare case where the character he played on television is not as psychotic as the actual. And by the way, his TV character is a crazy psychopath, power-hungry pervert, but in comparison to real life, it's it's the complete opposite. The Mr. McMahon character... Real life is a man is somehow worse. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I will say there was a case. Was it two years ago where a woman came out and it, it got real weird real fast where she'd like started out accusing the rock of having like kidnapped her or something. Yeah, at one point. It was bizarre. And then she started accusing like three or four other wrestlers. But then and that's when I was like, at first I was like, oh, rock, please tell me you didn't do it, dog. Right. But then when she started accusing the other people, I immediately went, wait a minute, that timeline doesn't really, because there's only like a very small window where that person would have been in and Rock would have been in yeah. that this could have even happened. And then it was like, oh, well, this executive at USA and then this person at ESPN and then blah, blah. So it was like, oh, okay. She's, she's and, just making stuff up now. And then she's like, and Michael Jordan, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, like, if you go look it up. It ends up being like 30 people and or businesses that half of them aren't even connected. Right. Like, you know, so it's just like, wait a minute. When, so those cases threw, do happen. When she threw Michael George there, but they're like, okay, yeah, I just, this is. Oh, yeah. She had like three or four networks listed, yeah. you know, and I was like, okay. So, like, and I'm not to say like, don't believe victims. I'm just saying things can get sensationalized and there's a lot of yeah. frivolous cases. But the difference though is, think about that. Like when that came out, a bunch of people went, but the rock though, <laughs> you know, like when Vince's came out, everybody went, Yeah. Yeah. Sounds, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that's right. the difference. Yep. Like he has that history. And 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 honestly, this is just after last year, he already had to settle another case. You know, that whole thing went down where he got removed from the company and like all this whole other stuff went down. And I don't know if you saw, but you know, when every year when you when your company has to go explain to the SEC what its assets and liabilities were, apparently WWE told the SEC when they asked for liabilities, they said, they said Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yeah. His bad publicity and all the money he's paid a lot. So it's going to be real hard for people at the top to say they didn't know things when they went and told the SEC. Think, think about how yeah, hard. liability. Think about how effed up he has to be. Because last year, their WB2K killed it, right? Everybody loved it, right? Records sell out premium live events across the board. Merchandise sales across the board, right? Like, And you still go, yeah, but this dude that used to be in charge, he's our real problem. He got to go. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like that. that is how messed up Vince McMahon is. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. And as we're hearing throughout the Vince McMahon, Harvey Weinstein. It just like we talk about the entertainment is music, all of our entertainment, and just is, is rife with a lot of terrible people. And it really took the Me Too movement and women feeling empowered to speak. First of all, they had to see people like Bill Cosby get yep. taken down. Harvey Weinstein, and- because for years you would 
you know what was uh Janice Dickinson was for years telling people Bill oh, Cosby yeah, yeah. was a creeper and nobody would listen to her. But you know, even then when people try to want to ignore it or whatever, just like you brought up, it actually affects your gaming even. Right? Because things like this, now do the games come out on time? Are you having to remove content or not? Like all of this affects everything, even when you don't think it does. Which I think it's easier to go, ah, that's just over there. It's like, is it though? <laughs> right? Especially when you're talking about people in power because they're invested in a bunch of different things. They they're helping produce different things. They're managing different people. So like it's affecting stuff and you may not even know it. Right. That's the crazy part. Because one of the first things people will say is, you know, why didn't she report to somebody? The case of WWE, Vince is was, was, you know, king of the castle. There was oh, by the way, one of the other people involved is John Laurinaitis, who was the number two guy at the company. See, there was nobody to go to, really, to report things because the number one had the number two guy. Also, to be fair, a lot of people said some bad thing about him, too. (laughs) So, like, it was two bad dudes that nobody was backing on any of these things. So they, they had it coming. So when you when you ask, you know, like, why didn't women say anything when both the, the number one and the number two guy in the company are crooked? Who do you complain to? Fair. But let's bring it to something a little more positive. That's a little bit of a surprise, I would say, actually. But as of earlier today, almost everything ticket wise for Magic Con Chicago is sold out which is crazy because I made notes. The only thing left are some of a few of the legendary VIP tickets, some premium single day tickets and then kids tickets. That's it. All those expensive packages with like the black Lotus VIP and blah, blah, all like gone. Like they've been gone. Like this, I don't remember anything selling out like this since the first Vegas they did like two years ago or three years ago, I guess. But like, this is, not like, and it's Chicago in February. That's what it I ain't even to like a Chicago is... in spring. You know, like, like, damn, how what? Now, don't be wrong. I went and looked already. It looks like the temperature is at least going to be tolerable. It'll be like mid thirties to low forties, so it's not going to be like negative seventeen or wherever I like, can get in Chicago. So great as far as that, because I would die otherwise. But that's surprising. Would you still go if it was like negative twenty? I mean, I got I I'm. I'm being paid to do some jobs, so I would go. Oh, okay. But if I wasn't, no. <laughs> like, just being real about it, yeah. I probably wouldn't. But either that, or I would get one of them hotels that's connected by a skywalk, so once I'm there, I ain't got to touch planet Earth till I'm ready to go back to the airport. <laughs> like, that's probably what I would do, seriously. But But this is crazy to see that Chicago in the winter has, by the time we get there in two more weeks, basically going to be sold out. You know, maybe a handful of tickets here or there. But this is phenomenal. You know, for all these people to talk about Wizards is killing magic and Hasbro's doing this thing and, you know, nobody's buying stuff and blah, blah, blah. And, like, they get the conventions all wrong and whatever. Like, now, don't be wrong. I don't know how big the McCormick Center is where it's being held in Chicago, but I've looked online, and it's a couple million square feet of facility, and they use it for a bunch of other stuff. So, uh this is crazy. And this is why when people say Magic's dying and Wizards is screwing stuff up and everybody's giving up the game, they're not. 
Like they're literally not people because it's not even just the ticket prices. It's they're paying for airfare or gas or whatever if they're close enough to drive, right? They're paying for food for the weekend. Some people are paying for Ubers. They have cash to spend with vendors and with artists and whatever. Some people are going to be two, three thousand dollars deep on the weekend, like most conventions, you know, and you can't tell me they're not still enjoying the game or fans of the game or happy with the way things are. Now, you and I or certain people might not like certain things or whatever, which is cool. You're welcome to. But to just make that the narrative for everything, it's just not. And I will say, as I always say, we had this discussion, like all magic is local. If your group yep. got out for you, yeah, magic is dead. You don't care that a bunch of people are having fun at MagicCon, like your group in, you know, Minden, Louisiana. I'm going to throw out where I'm from. Fair. Like, if your group's gone, it's dead to you. And yeah, then you can point to, hey, this thing, they didn't like this thing, this thing. This. But yeah, as a whole, obviously, I think Magic is one of those games that has reached the critical mass where it is too big to fail. There will be mistakes will be made from time to time. And they, and for the most part, acknowledge those. But yeah, it's it ain't going you know, no place. I think we've talked about this before too. I think it's easy to think that what goes on in your community or with your group of 10 players or whatever is the narrative for everybody else, right? And it doesn't matter what the game is. Like, I mean, I saw it for years whenever I was in my store. People were like, ah, D&D's dead. I got to get rid of all my books. And it's like, you know, they just made a new edition, right? Like, you know, like, <laughs> like that That's was the always thing, the though. thing. You don't care how much fun everybody else is yeah. having. If your friends don't play, yeah, it's dead. For example, like, you know, I play Raw Deal. It's still played some places, but yeah, I can't get a game here sure. in Texas. It's dead here, you know? But, you know, I, like, it's the same thing when you're following people on social media, though. You can be in a bubble of people saying, oh, that's it. The game's terrible. Standard sucks, blah, blah, whatever. But then you can follow a whole different group of people and see that, like, oh, I just qualified for the Pro Tour. Here's my deck list, blah, blah, blah. You know, right? Like, it's a whole different discussion happening. Right. There's so many players and it's only going to get larger as we're adding these other licenses like we were talking about a few minutes ago. Right. That's going to be a whole other wave of players once people can get their fallout cards. It's going to be a whole other wave of players when they can get their Marvel Universe cards or whatever. Right. Like it's going to keep coming. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't try to hold the company accountable or, you know, don't call out their actions or whatever, because we do here on this show. But at the same time. You have to acknowledge when things are being successful, regardless of all the other things we like or don't like. Because, man, this selling out, like, I would, I genuinely would not have expected this to be sold out effectively at the end of January, you know, for an event in Chicago in February. Like, that almost doesn't make sense to me, you <laughs> know, in, in a way. But here we are, right? Numbers are what they are. Like, you, you're going to have trouble getting tickets. I mean, you can go in and probably buy some premium single day tickets and you can get you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, probably as individual days. If you want, you won't get the package deal for the weekend pass, but yeah, if you want tickets for Chicago, you, you got to get them now. Cause well, they have done a great job of, you know, as social media and things like Twitch, they have cultivated a, a group of people that like you said, you're, you're there working. There's a certain number of people that have to go. And then if any of their friends want to go, okay, now you've got a couple of people that, that, that you know, need to be there. Or if, Again, if you've got somebody where, like, let's say you were, you, lots of channels, or it's not just one person. 
it's five minimum five or six people then, then you know if you, if you do a commander you got a group of let's say yeah five people that are all going to be on camera then you got to bring you know whoever edits the videos whoever is doing the camera work and then long but, but I, I will take it a step further though where people were talking about the whole ambassador program whatever like i don't well, i'm kind of nda i don't know what numbers i can talk about but i can tell you that for the number of interactions they expected from the people in the program that number was exceeded exponentially I, yeah i by, forgot about ambassadors but i mean like by the hundreds of hundreds exponentially so if they're all doing their job and they're all getting their bases excited because like hey we're gonna do a meet and greet if you want to play commander with me come show up right i'm gonna be doing this special event i'm gonna be doing these giveaways all of that contributes so as much as we might look at one or two things and go, oh, this is killing the game, whatever. Strategically, these are all things that are paying off that they started a year or two ago. You know, same thing when they were like, hey, we're going to try to revitalize standards. They talked about that like a year ago, right? But we're just now starting to see, okay, now things are starting to come together. People are talking about it a little more. Singles are starting to move. Like, I always try to remind people, when you're talking about companies of that size, you have to think about them like giant almost like cruise ships in the ocean, right? They can't just right turn. They they slowly make a right turn, right? Because there are these big things that have so much going on and so much happening. Like you can't just make the decision and it happens. Like a few things, if you just have to pull something offline or whatever, sure. But big things that involve literally hundreds of people, if not thousands of people to make work, like they take a little while. But then you get these types of payoffs where they're talking about billion dollar years and selling out conventions or whatever. Just a crazy thing, man. Crazy thing. But credit to anybody who's going to be there. You're going to have a good time because everybody who can get there is getting there. So show up. Yeah, sell, I'll be there. Selling out Chicago in February. I think it's going to be their standard for, hey, we can have it. <laughs> we can have them any place. Lost Hell. Kingdom of Magic on Atlantis coming soon. Concern I have is I was I made some things to have some giveaways, and now I'm just like I may not have made enough. Like I'm I might be done by early Saturday and not have nothing to give away. So I'm gonna try to hold some. So if y'all regular listeners or you follow me on YouTube, whatever, come find me. I'll try to hook you up with a little bit of something, but I can't promise (laughs) like with the way things might be. I, I ain't got that kind of money to make infinite things to give away. Oh, man. All right. Let's talk about some of these topics that we've got settling around. All right, Brian, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one because it's a disappointing one, but I think you're more versed on this already than I am. Yeah, uh, we've had uh, some more allegations of sexual assault in the uh, Tekken community. A, a Actually, a very well-known player named Shinblade has been accused, or that's not that his God-given name, I'm sure, but that is what he goes by on social media and things. Apparently, he's been accused of sexual assault, and now this is, I guess, is this isn't the first time this has happened, apparently. There's this, uh, I guess, a couple of, of charges of, of this going on now, and the victim had initially not really been telling a whole bunch of people, but unfortunately one of the people that she told played Shin Blade at a tournament. And then they kind of started going back and forth. Like, why are you disrespecting me? You know why. And then that's how the whole community found out about mm. the assault, unfortunately. Mm. See, just... he, he messed up. If you're going to be a bad person, you can't go around pissing people off. 
<laughs> yeah, that's unfortunately not the way you, because again, the, the victim didn't want this discussed by a whole bunch of people, but when it happens in a public forum and now it's become sadly again, a horrible timing because Tekken 8 just launched. That's what the company would love the story to be. But when one of your best known players gets accused of doing something like this, that tends to dominate the, the media, dominate the narratives. And it's, it's something that's kind of working. Again, we working its way through, I guess, not even the legal. I don't know if actual authorities have been involved yet, but it's become a thing that is unfortunately kind of playing out on social media, something lots of people are now hearing about. And this one guy who just was not not thinking, I don't even know if his social media is still active, but he said, you know, just, just shut up about all this and play the game, and you can imagine what oh, his no. comments turned into. Oh, that's not the thing to say. No. Like, I, I get the is, sentiment. I get the sentiment, but that is but, you no, no. That's why women don't feel safe in these communities. Is because when when you do come forward, people people give like, oh well, you know, just play Tekken Eight. Who cares about this? What? Yeah, you you can't put do yourself that. in other people's shoes for a moment. Uh, you Think know about even if you feel that way, like. You don't need to if tell you see else, other people dealing with something and they're going yeah. through catharsis and they're working it out, leave them to do that. Right. Right. Like you, you still enjoy your game, do your thing, whatever, but, but don't tread on other people trying to work out issues. Yeah. <laughs> right. And don't, that's, that's tell, not going to do anybody any good. And again, don't tell women, you know, how, whether, what they're feeling, don't tell them whether they feel safe sure. in a community or not. Cause that's not, that's not up to you to do. They, yeah, that's that's wild. I couldn't imagine. Like, yeah, that's that's a hell of a statement. Trying to find to out if it's even safe to go to tournaments because, as I said, I don't think last I checked, authorities have not been involved yet. So I think I think this tournament where the where the just the uh, not necessarily altercation, but argument happened. I believe this was in December, so not that long ago, and I have not seen or heard anything yet that has said that. There's an investigation, or I'm assuming, hopefully, that that somebody we involved in the, the fighting game community, or maybe the company itself, will. That, that, maybe that's it depends thing, on the victim. Even wants to wants the attention and wants to press charges or not. Also you know, true. I don't know. There are so know. many. There are so many layers with a case like this. As you said, the victim may not want to press any charges, which unfortunately will, I guess, possibly leave this guy coming to events until. It becomes a problem. Like we just talked about CubeCon a couple of weeks ago, or you try to have an event and then people are like, Hey, wait, what, what's up with this guy? And then, you know, I think all this decisions had to be made. This all serves as a reminder that it's in every single community, right? Like we can't take for granted just because we're all having fun and we're all being nice guys and whatever, like that those things just aren't happening. Right. They happen. In, and I, I mean, literally every community, doesn't matter if you play sports, if you're in a in a billiards league, you know, whatever, like there guarantee you there's been a problem in every community. Right. So you can't just take for granted that because you're gaming or you're at a convention or a tournament or whatever, that like there's just no chance for that to happen. This happened in Smash Bros a couple of yep. uh, a couple of years ago. I, I think one of the reasons Nintendo kind of took it over. And started their own series of tournaments in part to be able to, you know, police this better. Because, again, if you're not running the tournament, 
you don't have the authority to say, hey, yeah, this person can't come in. But if it's a Nintendo sanctioned event, then Nintendo and they, you know, Nintendo will, they're going to be very quick to, hey, if you got allegations, don't come. <laughs> Get out until this mm-hmm. goes through the legal process. And this may be something that uh, Bandai Namco ends up having to do with their, I don't know if their events are, I don't know if Tekken's events are sanctioned by the company or not, but that's one of the reasons where why companies like Nintendo stepped in because they want to be able to, to control things like this. And because again, brand new game just launched. That's not what they want the story to be, but that's what the story has become because one of the best no players has at this point a couple of allegations stacking up against them. Well, that's definitely something we're going to have to keep an eye on. But you gave me an easy segue there with both a new game and something kind of related to Nintendo. And if you hadn't heard about it by now, Pal World is like the new hotness online. Yeah. My goodness. Uh, almost 20 million players in a little under three weeks. That's crazy. Those, those are absurd numbers. Like, and it's weird because you look at it, it's, it almost seems like a knockoff Pokemon game mixed with like, with like this world building, you know, MMO, like rust style, like it's it's a blend of everything. One of the other games I've heard it compared to. Yeah. It's a little bit of everything kind of mixed into a, a big pile, but man, this thing, it's out there. It's, it's wildfire right now. And I've and, seen people you know, streaming it. I've seen yeah. YouTube videos with it. Like, it's everywhere. And I mean, it, it, on the service level, it is a Pokemon parody because let's be honest, Pokemon has been rife for parody because it's about these little creatures you find in the wild and you force them to fight, not to the death, but until they faint for you. But supposedly you love them. So, yeah, there's wide and, you know, PETA for years has been calling Pokemon essentially a cockfight or a dogfighting simulator. And to some extent, you can see the parallels. Kind of. I mean, they're, they're the not totally wrong. People can make it well, you know, Pokemon aren't real. Yeah, but still, it, it really is. I mean, it's, they're, they're not wrong in the yeah. most literal sense. So when you watch, especially the anime, it, it gets harder and harder from a storyline standpoint to justify why these creatures who, again, are supposedly your pets and or your friends are fighting, if not to the death, to the point where they pass out from pain. Yeah, of exhaustion. exhaustion yeah. Or, or whatever. It's always been, kind of, and by the way, its primary audience, at least at the beginning, was little kids. So it's always been a kind of weird thing when you sit down and think about it just absolutely rationally, but then most things in the video game world are if you apply rational real-world logic to them. But dude, I, like, this is just kind of insane. Like, Because even when I saw it, I'm like, oh, some people might enjoy this. This is kind of cool, whatever. And then you look like a week later and they were already hitting like 10 million users or whatever. And you're like, what? Like, like seriously? Yeah, I didn't and see then, it hitting these numbers this fast. Yeah, and then you see all these people like sharing all these strategies and whatever. And I'm like, people are in deep in this game already. Like, this is wild, man. Yeah, so you know, the, the whole parody of Pokemon is the hook, but there appears to be a lot of strategy and a lot of different game mechanics once you actually dive in and the, and if you want to get serious about it. Or I guess if yeah. you just want to catch a ball, you probably could do that too, looks like. So, I mean, credit to them because, one, 
you have to take a chance to do it and you have to do it legally the right way so you're not too close to being pokemon but you're close enough that people that are fans and get it understand what you're trying to do right there's a fine line right there because if you have too many characters that are too close to actual pokemon you know nintendo's coming for that ass like nintendo is (laughs) talking about lawyering up so yeah you you know they're coming so you you got to do it right to cover yourself but if you get it right apparently this was a big pile of money they're going to get to roll in for at least the next six eight months and I mean, Digi- how, how long has Digimon been around? And it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> and it's been allowed to exist. So. Yeah, Digimon's probably been around 20 years at this point and just doing, you know, been lagging way behind, but it's still steady being there, making a few million exactly. a year, still doing its thing. So yeah, this this is crazy though. 20 million, man. That is a big Yeah, number. there's a lot of people that have done Pokemon, you know, pocket monster style games, but nobody else has hit it like this. <laughs> Yeah, because there's been like Monster Hunter and you know all this other stuff, but like even and even those are popular, but they did you know five million sales, ten million sales over like a period of time. Yeah. They, they did, you know, they, they twenty million in less than a month. Yeah, Monster you know? Hunter is hitting their existing fan base every time. Now, but. to their credit, it is also available on Xbox on Game Pass, and I believe that's where like seven million of the numbers or whatever came from. But still, you know, it's still twenty million registered users. You know, whatever. Yeah, because there's something like probably 20 or 30 games that drop on Game Pass a month. They're just as free as Power World, but they ain't doing these numbers. Yeah, credit to them, man. That is something. Again, I don't know if I'm ever going to play any of it, but credit to the company for pulling it off. Because I don't, even if I would have had the ability to or the knowledge to, I don't know if I'd have been brave enough to. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't, I don't know if I want the the giant fist of Nintendo or even just the eye of Nintendo just staring at me, waiting for me to mess up. You know, I like, mean, they're not coming after you <laughs> for playing it. There's... No, no, no. I'm talking about if I had the opportunity as on the creative side. Oh, I don't okay. know if I would have pulled it off. I thought you meant like you thought. No, as a player, you're good. Or to stand out your window, it's a me. Nah, they ain't gonna be doing nothing. Nah, you're all right. But all right, let's hop in, and this will be a fun one for the. For the dinner table because i don't think we've ever even done anything like this so maybe this is something we'll do and we'll we'll look at the end of the year and we'll see but do you have a prediction and it can be one thing it could be two things i'm probably going to come up with one thing but what is the prediction you have for the game industry for this year Ooh, okay I think uh, just more, we're going to see more crossing over, more games that you didn't think would be on. We just It's going to just continue to be kind of a, a mishmash of where, you know, you'll see, I think we're already hearing that uh, Microsoft is going to be putting some of their games that they, that they thought would be, like Indiana Jones apparently is supposed to possibly appear on PlayStation. I think hmm. really the... You know, I guess the way I can say it best is the console war is over and everybody won. <laughs> yeah, really basically. Is what it is. Everybody's got a huge audience of installed consoles. Everybody is playing great games in the way we used to look at it. Because, okay, yeah, Sony has sold the most systems, but that allowed Microsoft to go into court and be like, we're dead last. We've been dead last since the first Xbox. Oh, poor Microsoft. We're so sad for you. Go ahead. We'll let you buy Activision Blizzard and become the largest video game company in the known universe. 
It worked. They just in what world could Microsoft convince you they're the underdog in a court of law? Apparently, they could do. That. I mean, technically, they kind of were though, which is the weird part. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, again, that's if you view it the way video game websites have covered it for yep. years that there's some kind of console war and you're just you're in all kinds of trouble if you don't come in first and as we see clearly that's not the case microsoft was able to make a couple of billion more dollars and hundreds of billions over time by touting their last place status which is probably the only way you don't consider them buying actively as some kind of antitrust thing dude i just think way years ago when they bought minecraft that was the biggest Purchase. Uh, it I was mean, huge. I mean, for what the they paid and what they got out of it, shoot, that was crazy. But that was just one game. Now oh, yeah, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you get uh, World of Warcraft. You get Overwatch and all its upcoming sequels. You already Call of Duty mm-hmm. and all its upcoming sequels. So all the Hearthstone, <laughs> all of that, just licensed to print money. And, yeah, you may technically still – have the, the the lowest console install base, although I think, and this is something where, again, the way you view things, I don't think in court they discussed that what what comes with every PC, not Sony stuff. <laughs> My, every PC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's always a thing of just like, how do you view them as a company and how do you view them as a video game company? If right? you count, that's always a thing. If you count PCs as gaming machines, which technically all of them have the capacity to be, they sure, jump to the sure. front because who doesn't have a PC? Some people own Macintoshes, but it, generally, who doesn't have some kind of computing device in their house? You know, I think, man, prediction. I'm trying to put something out there that, like, you know what? I'm uh, I'm going to say, okay, two-part prediction, I guess. One, and this is going to sound crazy because Lord of the Rings sold a ton last year. But I think Wizards might still have another best-selling set ever this year. And at the end of the year, will still show an increase in profit. Maybe not profit, in total sales over last year by at least 5%. You care to venture on what set it's going to be? It sounds like it's not Markov. It sounds like Markov is not... No, like, that's selling okay, actually, but I, it's probably going to be one of the universes beyond sets or something, if I were guessing. You know, but... I And the interesting thing, too, is they have one less Magicon. So you don't... You have less business from Magicon, and you don't have a Lord of the Rings set. That's what I was saying. Like, that's why it makes it at least a a real prediction of just like putting it out there. But I mean, like I said, the products they do have, the licenses they have are strong. People are excited about them. The lineup of regular sets looks good this year. D and D is still trucking along. You know, there's still going to be some extra side products with that. They, they obviously aren't going to have a Baldur's gate three next year. So but I'm sure there'll be DLC for it. So. Oh, probably. Yeah. So we'll see how much that affects the numbers or whatever. Number. But yeah, this, this is going to be a crazy time. Crazy time. I expect they're going to do a lot of licensing, a lot of merchandise deals throughout the year. You know, and we're starting to see a few more here and there online of different stuff with people trying stuff with like watches. And like, I think I've mentioned before, the site has like leggings and different things. Yeah. So I, I think we've reached that point where 
nerd culture has gotten big enough and Wizards brands have gotten big enough that now people are starting to look to, to bring them into their fold. So again, more crossover product, but you know, here we are. Maybe that was the theme of the show. I mean, just, but, but there's a lot of it. But all right, Brian, let's wrap things up and you tell people where they can find you on the social media machine. Right. I am Brian Sionic on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. Like I mentioned, if you're going to be in Chicago, come find me. I'll have something for you. Or you can find me on YouTube talking about all the new stuff with Markov Manor. But wherever you are watching or listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourselves and your family. Remember to be awesome, and most importantly, be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate other patreon.com slash color of magic you can also find us on facebook under color of magic and if you want to follow us along at twitter you can find us there at color of mtg and as always please share the podcast around to your friends your network people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base 